0: This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as F.A. F.A. is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one F.A. member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent F.A. as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about F.A., we encourage you to listen to several stories and to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the F.A. program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. I came into this program um, in September of 2002, and I weighed 220 pounds, and I was 40 years old. I've been abstinent for 11 years, and uh, I'm just really grateful. How I found out about the program, I'll tell you the end before I tell you the beginning real quick. I had a cousin who found this program and I was living out in Colorado at the time and I'd come to Boston for just the summer and he was at a picnic and he was eating on a Tupperware and he was thin and he was had this serenity, I know it's called now, but he just had this peace about him and happiness and, and I was handing around his mother's food so nobody would see how much I was eating and I said, how can you give all this up? And as I looked around, I just saw a bunch of heavy people eating. And I'm like, well, I don't, that doesn't look too appetizing, really. But I was like, how can you give all this up? And he said, it's not what I give up, it's what I get. Just go to a meeting. And that intrigued me. And so I went to the meeting, and then my recovery began. But the beginning of my story is that I was um, born 52 years ago. I was the oldest of five children. Um, I wanted to be an only child. And that didn't really work out very well for me, because they just kept coming. And I was told that um I have, well, I know that I have a hole in bi- as big as the, a God-sized hole, some people say. I just felt it was as big as the world, and no matter how much I got, I wanted more. So I know that to be true from right when I was born, because... My mother had a second child two years after me and I said, don't bring that baby home with you, you know, and then my father was a traveling salesman and he would go away for a week or two at a time and my mother would let me sleep in her bed till I said, don't let that man come home again. (laughs) I ate one baby aspirin and then I ate the whole bottle. Um, My aunt would take me out for a day, you know, and I would just not want to go home, just want to be with her all the time. I just wanted more, more, more from a very young age. And I just never got, never got satisfied no matter how much. And then a sister came and then twin brothers came and, you know, finally after therapy and in my early thirties, I probably thought, well, I'm glad they're here, but it took, and now that I'm in recovery, I'm really glad that they're here, but it took a while. When I was growing up, I just felt like everybody had the rule book. Everybody knew the rules. Everybody knew how to live life. And I didn't know I was very uncomfortable all the time. I'm like, you know, an art project in school. And so I'd look at somebody else and say, oh, what did you draw? I'll just draw that. Like, I didn't have my own. I didn't know how to dress right. I just felt awkward. Like a costume party, I'm like, what's everybody else doing? All right, I'll just do that. I I remember in seventh grade, like, thinking, I'll be funny. I'll go read a joke a day and then go tell everybody. Like, I just didn't even know who I was. But I didn't know, everybody didn't really know who they were. You know, I grew up in a family that um was very loving, nothing, you know, really awful happened at all my parents you know my parents had three we had three meals a day we all ate at the dinner table we went to church it was that kind of thing what I was attracted to was my my good friend who um family ate at fast food restaurants and they had the police over every once in a while and they had you know it was it was the addict life I found out later that was I'm like oh I really want your family that looks like so much fun And she, I just saw her recently when I visited Rochester, New York, and she's like, I always wanted to be in your family. And I'm like, hmm, you know, grass is always greener, but um, it's not, so I'm... At this point, like I said, happy I'm with my family. But, um, you know, and so I just remember in the fourth grade, I wanted to be a crossing guard. And because the guy down the street was a crossing guard and he had to take a test. But what I specifically remember is I didn't study for the test. Because if I studied and I didn't become a crossing guard, you're a big failure. But if you don't study and you pass, that's great. That, was, that just explains my whole life right there in that story. I didn't try, and if I got it good, and if I didn't get it, You know, yeah, you're a failure. You are. You know, you didn't try. And I remember, you know, in high school, um, we moved when I was, um, when I was right after my freshman year in, um, high school, we moved. And I think that's when my food addiction really kicked off because, you know, a sophomore in high school, I just said, I don't need anybody else. I'll be just fine. And, um, you know, it wasn't true. So I found my solace in food. I found my solace in, um, teen beat magazines that I spent all my babysitting money on and I found my solace in being solo until I finally, somebody came up to me and said, hi, would you like to be friends? And I said, yes. And then, you know, I did end up having friends. I've been blessed all my life since then with, um, a lot of friends, but I would always be bigger than them. I would be a size 11, 13. They'd be a size three or five. They're cute little juniors. And you know, I was not, I had, um, bad knees when I was younger. And, um, I would still to this day if I was heavy, but I don't anymore. Thank you, God. But the um, my bad knees made me have knee surgeries, and I had five knee surgeries from the age of 12 to 18. And I would have a cast because that's how old I am. They were real plaster casts from my thigh to my ankle on one side or the other. And afterwards, my mother would always say, you know, before I have to go in the hospital, she'd be like, let's go get whatever food you want, like, you know, so you can recover. So I'd be like, yay, and have all that food. And I just ate, and I felt... Chunky and different, and my friends, I'd be like, Oh, what about an afternoon snack? And they'd be like, They didn't care if they had one, or else they'd have one and not a whole bag. Like, I just didn't get it, but I struggled with it still. I just, I just was a little chunky and I just struggled with it. Um, and then when I went to college, I took up smoking, I took up drinking, I took up eating everything, and um, I remember I would got $50 allowance for the month, and I would buy a carton of cigarettes and a bunch of food until the money ran out. That's what I would do with my allowance. And I gained um, 35 pounds when I was in college. And I'd call my father crying because I couldn't. I Thankfully, I always knew I wanted to be a nurse, and that's what I am now. I always knew since kindergarten that I wanted to be a nurse. So... But I picked a college because, uh, you know, again, why try? I just chose the lady across the street said, this is a nice liberal arts college. Go to there. It's small. I wanted a smaller school and, you know, that, go there. And so I applied one place. Thankfully, I got in. Thankfully, otherwise, I don't know what I was going to do. And they didn't even have a nursing program. I'm like, one, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but that's, that's what I did. And, um, and I, couldn't pass biology, and I couldn't pass chemistry, and I'd call my father, but you know what? I was sitting in the hall studying. I was making murals of like, you know, I was very social. I, um, you know, was eating, drinking, smoking, and not studying. And I'd call my father and say, are you doing your best? And I'd be like, I'm doing my best. And you know, my best was, I thought, studying the day before. And then I tried two days before. I didn't know you had to study every day. And um really put college, like, that was my job. I didn't know it. I just thought, like, I would just, I don't know, I'd just fly by. And it didn't work out. So after the second year, they were going to ask me not to come back. And my father said that we were moving to Minnesota. And would I like to stay in school or like to come? And I said, I'll come. Where is Minnesota? And <laughs> And so... I said, that's the first, that was the beginning of my geographical cure, which my whole life is pretty much a lot of geographical cure. I said, as soon as I cross that Minnesota state border, I'm going to stop eating. And I'm just going to go to a, you know, a diet thing and, and just do uh, whatever it tells me. So I danced to Richard Simmons albums twice a day. And I ate not nutritionally sound things that fell within the point system or the block system or whatever system I was on. And I lost 35 pounds. And so good. I lost, I lost the weight and that was great. But my life was very small. All I could do was go to work and study. I took chemistry all by itself. I got an A in chemistry. So I can do it. I can do it. I got an A in chemistry, but. The minute my life got a little bigger, I made friends in Minnesota or I went further places, the weight just came on because I'd go into a store and say, you know, we'd go out to eat with friends and I'd say salad, 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 and then order the biggest, fattest thing that I could. It never lasted. So if I kept my life very, very small, I could do it. And I didn't realize the connection at all. So I got into nursing school. And I started therapy because I had great anxiety and anxiety showed itself as like, I felt I was 21 years old, thought I was having a heart attack. I kept having chest pain, stomach pains. It was very physical for me, anxiety and, and just dread. And, um, my parents kindly paid for me to go to therapy every two weeks for a couple years and that really helped me cope with school and cope with family and let me tell you I was just running my brothers and sisters will tell you that I'm the old I'm the third parent they never wanted you know I was just telling them what to do how to do it when to do it and um, I just ran everybody's life so when I graduated nursing school I said, well, what I need to do is move away from my family because that's what's going to help me. You know, and I'd go up and down in my weight and I had a boyfriend for a little while and then I went away to Boston for the summer and I gained weight because I'd have to have a farewell food tour. You know, what I, I used to call it souvenir eating, like you have to go to all these places and eat and, and then I would come back 15 pounds heavier and then he, was, he broke up with me because I was fat. So I thought, I'm going to move to Florida. Florida has sunshine. I'm going to live by myself. They had a nursing pro, you know, I could work at a hospital. So I did. And I worked there for five years and um, I really enjoyed it. But then I was 28 years old and I'm like, everybody's. And even then I was like going to, I would go, you know, go to uh, a diet place and, and then we would leave after getting weighed and I'd be like, all right, let's go eat. Cause it really doesn't start till after midnight. And they were like, oh my, my friends were like, oh my gosh, no, we just signed up. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't count till after midnight and then gain 15 pounds lose 50 it was up and down up and down all the time and again if I kept my life very small then I could maintain I was 140 that was the best I could ever do I couldn't ever get under 140 pounds and I am um five foot six so I thought I was 28 years old. I'm not getting married. I'm not buying a home. I don't know what to do. I need to go travel and see see the United States. So maybe that will make me happy. So I went to every place I went. I was a travel nurse for seven or eight years. And that's when you go to a different place for three to six months at a time. And um, I was a travel nurse. And people would say, how can you keep moving all the time? And I'd say, how can you stay in one place? Like, it was always the honeymoon phase you go in I get to reinvent myself be happy and then you know people start to bug me I'd be like I gotta go and each time I would go to this new place I would either go to the nearest diet center or find something you know diety or I would eat so I'd either gain 25 30 pounds or I would lose 20 pounds like it was up and down up and down thank goodness I wore scrubs you know they just kept but I would have to have several sizes Um, eventually I thought what I need is, um, a community. So I moved back to Florida and I lived in Florida for six months and it was, um, not good. It just didn't work for me at all. I had a lot of anxiety and trouble with that job. I took a job as assistant nurse manager and I didn't know to listen to my gut, which now I know in quiet time, like when I have that voice, I should listen to it. And I laid everything out and said, great job, great pay, no weekends, bah, bah, ba," And the one thing I heard, don't do it. And I ate over it. I just ate over it and ate and smoked over it. And I did it, and it was the wrong thing move for me. But it brought me to my next stop, which was, okay, I need a community in Sunshine in Colorado. They're happy there. They're thin there. They're active. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Colorado. So I took a travel job to Colorado. I bought size 12 gap shorts, and I said, I'm going to wear... You know, by the end of the summer, I'm going to wear these Memorial Day to Labor Day and I'm going to go and hike and and this is what I'm going to do. And I also wanted to quit smoking for good. So I quit. Once I crossed that Colorado state line, I quit smoking and I never stopped eating the whole five years I was in Colorado pretty much i gained uh... fifty pounds when i lived out in colorado and i tried hiking and i tried all oprah oprah everything i did um... personal success seminars i did the weekend one the week-long one the you know um... the nine days women only blindfolded in the woods camp overnight repel trust fall you are a beautiful woman you know affirmations i did it and my goals would always be lose weight get in a relationship love myself those would be my goals and I would leave there and feel like ura I can do it and then I couldn't and I started therapy again because I thought that would help me because she said in her ad that I can help you lose weight and she just told me to go to a diet club and write my food down. I'm like, that. that's not going to help me. I remember one time a therapist said, you know, when I told her my, I thought one of my deepest secrets was that, you know, I can't stop thinking about food. And she was thin and she said, well, just eat what comes into your mind and then it'll be over. And I'm like, no, that, that wouldn't that. Okay. Cause that's not going to work for me. But um, I just thought I could fill up her whole office with food and, you know, it wouldn't be enough. And so I went to this other therapist and then I did the personal success. And then I, I did diet doctor and I did medicine and I did, you know, all sorts of things. And my, my big goal was to, I did a 90-day course where you had to set three goals for yourself. And an equivalent for me w- talking, a walking on the moon would be to meet Oprah. I loved her. I worshipped her, that she was my, you know, little Oprah god for a while. And so I said, I'm going to, so I had no, I had been to the Oprah show before. I thought I'll get tickets. I didn't get tickets the regular way. I tried calling, email, everything. So I just thought, I'm just going to fly there. I'm just going to fly to Chicago and go meet Oprah. And people told me their brother's phone number who were in the police department in case I I got arrested. But my brother lived there, and he said, you know, oh, you're coming to Chicago. What are you going to do? I'm going to meet Oprah. He goes, do you know how many ladies want to think they're going to meet Oprah? You can't do it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And so... I flew there without a ticket to the show at five o'clock in the morning. I got up, I went to her studio. My brother hugged me and said, "Oprah doesn't stand a chance." And I got and I got scared when I got out of the cab because I'm like, I don't know what to do now. Like at least there was a line. She was filming, and um, and I just it just worked. It just worked, and uh, I got into the show without a ticket. And at the commercial break, I stood up and I said, "Miss Oprah." I set a 90-day goal to meet and have my picture taken with you, and here I am to make it happen. And she said, come on down, and I did it. And that was the highest high for me. But the next day was the lowest low because my other goal was to lose 25 pounds, and I lost no weight. And so while I had the highest high that, wow, I achieved this great goal, I was devastated the next day because I'm like, I've, I had three goals two of them were achieved and one not even close couldn't do it could not stop eating um, and i heard about this program from um, my relative but it was his mother that called me and he said and she said you know well we don't do this we would always talk about there's got to be a key to the kingdom like there's an answer out there we'll just find it read another lady's home journal do this do that you know we have to figure out what the answer is and she said, "Oh, we don't do that anymore. He doesn't eat flour and sugar. Oh, and we found God. He found God and, you know, our lives are lives are different. It's a little wacky, but I don't know, it's working. It's working and he's losing weight." And I meant it. I said, "You know what? I would rather cut off my right arm than give up food." Like seriously. I would rather do that. Like there's there's a key to the kingdom out there and we're going to figure out what it is. So I kept going along in my life out in Colorado. I had been, um I was 220 pounds. I had reflux from my chin down to my toes. I could not not drink soda. I read one book that said, you know, stop soda. And so I'm like, well, that's no good. And threw that book out. I went to chiropractors, I went to acupunctures and pushed beads in my ear to make me stop eating. I um, just did as many things as possible and I could not stop eating, not even for a minute anymore. My friends were very kind. They would say, um, I was out of a job, um, partially I think my food addiction helped in that in that um, you know I wasn't a team player they wanted a team player and I'm like I can do it I can do it all myself thank you very much and I was on a 90-day medical leave and I was out 91 days so they they let me go I would fall all the time I was always having problems with my my ankles or my knees or my shoulders it was I was in a bad car accident I actually was 200 pounds and went hang gliding in Brazil what was I thinking? I had no idea I was that heavy. I really didn't. I look at those pictures and go, wow, you, you really were heavy. But right, you know, right now I don't have an idea that I'm really thin either. My eyes are broken. So I went hang gliding in Brazil and we fell and I blew out both my knees and thankfully just didn't kill myself. Um, But I was just like, they were like, you went hang gliding? My mother was, I'm like, yeah, seemed like a good idea at the time. I just thought you stood there and it whisked you off. And, you know, there's running involved in tandem and we're lucky we didn't, you know, get more seriously hurt. So I was constantly having health problems. And um in these health problems, I just thought you know, I don't know the answer. I went to spiritual counseling. I went to church. I had thought I had a relationship with, you know, with a higher power that I was really working on to not be angry. The, the person, the higher power that I knew before was an angry and um angry God. And now I have a higher power that is not, but um you know, I was really working on that too. And that didn't help. So what happened was, is that I was just, dev- I was just at the depths of despair. I just was very sad and I was on medication for depression, anxiety, two different blood pressure medicines. My health was awful. And I just had this epiphany one day, like, you've learned what you need to know. It's time to go home. And I didn't know where home was. I have no, I mean, I've been traveling since I was, you know, 23 years old. Where is home? And I thought it was back to Florida. And then I was telling my parents who lived in Florida that I was going to move back. And they said, well, why don't you come to Boston? Because we're here, we have a—they have a home on um, the South Shore of Boston, and uh, they said, "Come to Boston for the summer." So I said, "Okay." So I packed up Colorado and I moved to Boston for just the summer. And when I got there, it was the summer of my fortieth birthday, and I had many different celebrations. My college friends came in, and they were—and we all stayed at, at my parents' home and. And before my eyes would even open, I'd be telling them, okay, we can go here for breakfast and here for lunch and here for dinner. And they're like, we just want a cup of coffee. We want to take a walk on the beach. And I was like, "Ooh, no, I don't want that. And, um, you know, I didn't want that. And I would have, I live with my parents and they didn't eat fast food. They ate food that was good for them. I didn't do that. I didn't have anything that was good for me. And my mother will tell you now, I was like a caged animal, just like pacing in there and keep looking for food, for food. And. It wasn't coming. I had another friend bunch of friends come out and it was really all about the food. It was all about the food and my father said to a guest that was not my guest, Oh, would you like some of this? And I audibly gasped. I went, Oh and they both just looked at me shocked, like I'm like, That's mine. You know, and there was plenty for a family of five. And um I just didn't want to share. I didn't want to give it to anybody. Food was really about my life. And at this point, I felt like I was stuck in muck and mire. I really felt like a big old manatee who was stuck in tarry black mire and just only my purse lips were up and breathing. Like I really felt down and, and just stuck. And I would look out the window of the o- at the ocean and see somebody kayak and think, that's what I want to be doing. I want to kayak. I don't want to be stuck here in this twin bed that I barely fit in. And so, Um, that's when I saw my cousin at the picnic and he said, come to a meeting. So I did. I went to a meeting that Monday night and I walked into the room and everybody was thin and beautiful and, and I just couldn't believe it. And they had little butts because that's why I went there. I wanted a little butt. I said, just once, I just once want a little butt that, you know, is cute. And, um, so in this meeting, I heard people stand in front of the room who said that they ate too much and that, you know, they couldn't, that food was their life, and now it's not anymore. And it really gave me hope. It intrigued me. Did I get a sponsor? No. I went to Barnes & Noble and bought books on food addiction. And I'm like, this is really interesting. I think, like, they were speaking my language. So I went and got books on food addiction, and I read them, and I um, did a farewell food tour for two weeks i did a farewell food tour where i just i call my cousin two hours away and say you have this is a different cousin you have to come get me i need to eat here and here and she's like i'm in so you know i would eat and i ate for two weeks and then i thought i have to go to i'm ready i'm going to go to a meeting because i had eaten up to my gills i was done eating and i looked for that meeting and i couldn't find it and i couldn't find the meeting so what do i do my first reaction to life is to go to a fast food restaurant. So I ate some more, even though I didn't want to. And I got home, and my mother, who has been living with this caged animal, crazy person for several months now, said, are you all set? You're in the meeting. And I said, no, I couldn't find it. We're going to have to wait till next Monday. And she was like, just call your cousin, please. You know, Call your cousin, ask him what he does. He'll tell you. And I said, no, the secret is in the room he's not going to tell me the secret. I have to go in the room and get something called a sponsor and they tell you the secret. So I I can't, you know, I want a sponsor on the South Shore. I'm not even sure what all this means, but I want someone who lives in my area. So that's what I'm going to have to wait till next Monday. And because I did, I went to another diet place and said, you know, if your option is no flour and no sugar or a life, you know, of that, then just, do this. And I tried and I didn't. I just couldn't. And so I went the next Monday night and, um, and I got a sponsor and I learned, um, what to do. And it was very, very basic and very simple where she said, you know, you eat three weight and measured meals a day and this is your food plan. And the next day I called her and I'm like, are you nuts? Like, that isn't, that's awful. And, um, and she said, nope, just keep doing it. And, I will tell you that I sat there at the table with like a gallon jug of water, crying, snot-filled tears, like this is not how I ate, this is not what I wanted to do. But I said, for 90 days, this is what I'm going to do, because those people knew something. So for 90 days I did it, and she, this is the program she gave me and the one that I work to this day. I get up and I get on my knees in the morning. I was lucky. I had a 7 o'clock call. I didn't get up till 10 or 11 in the morning usually. Like I thought that was the middle of the night. So I get up and I get on my knees and then I spend 30 minutes of quiet time. No matter what, I set my alarm and I don't open my eyes until that 30 minutes is up because she told me that people succeed in this program use quiet time. So I do my quiet time. I read my 24-hour day book, usually before that, and then I eat my three weight and measured meals a day. Uh, at night, before I go to bed, I get on my knees, I thank God for an abstinent day, I um, read a page from the big book, and I write my food down. I actually write my food down first, after I pray. But I write my food down, and then the next day I eat that no matter what. I make connections during the day with phone calls. I um, That was the hardest thing for me to do when I first came in. I did not want to pick up... That 500-pound phone, I'm like, I don't want to talk to them. Why would they want to talk to me? It was very, very hard, but I did. I made phone calls after a while, no matter what. I didn't even want to get on my knees at first. I still was very willful. I really was. Um, you know, I didn't want to get on my knees, and after a couple weeks, she said, are you getting on your knees? And I'm like, no, I've had nine knee surgeries. I don't get on my knees. I'm 220 pounds. And uh, she said, get on your knees because it humbles you. And humbles you to the disease food addiction. And then I thought to myself, if there were baked goods under that bed, you would be on your knees in a New York minute, so get on your knees. And I've done that ever since. Um, I was told at 38 years old I needed knee replacements, and I don't. Um, I have not had to have my knees replaced or have any problems with my knees. Like, that's that's a miracle. I've had so many miracles of this program that um, it's just probably I could talk a long time about just the miracles itself. I didn't come in here to be anything have but but to do anything but have a little butt. That's why I came in here. I said, my life's just fine. Thank you very much. It's food, you know, it's it's food that's a problem. Nothing else is a problem. Yet I was probably $18,000 in debt. I probably, um, my family was just always on pins and needles with me. Um, I was always running their lives. I was very angry. I didn't help out at home. If I saw the dishwasher was full, I'd run the other way. I wouldn't empty it. You know, I didn't know about service or help or, you know, and my sponsor, everything I told her, she would just say, thank you, God, thank you, God, I got a flat tire, thank you, God, but I got to my meeting anyway, thank you, God, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's all they say is thank you, God, and, um, you know, but that's not true, and I probably say that a lot myself now, too, because, um, there is a lot more that is said in these rooms and to go to the meetings that I go to and make them committed. And I'm like, I'm a nurse. You don't understand. I have different shifts that I have to work and, you know, I can't commit to anything. And, uh, because really I wasn't 40 and single for a reason. Commitment was a serious problem. And, uh, and I said, you know, I just, you know, I I can't do that. You know, I just thought I was different than everybody else. You, do, you need to understand. And I wasn't. And uh, I was told, no, nope, you're not. Just go to your meetings. And I was, thank God for the gift of desperation. I was really desperate. I was done. I felt 90 years old. I was 90 years old. I had health problems. I was just miserable. So I went and had my committed meetings. And uh you know what? I ended up getting a job I'd worked up back in Boston originally, and uh they said, Oh, we happen to have a meeting in um a meeting uh we happen to have a job for you, and it's just per diem, and you can pick your hours and we'll train you and I was having still a lot of health problems because I was two hundred and twenty pounds, and my joints were in trouble and uh they said and it's just talking on the phone and arranging home health and stuff like that and I was like thank you you know that was a miracle so i got that job and and i said you know no matter what i have to be at these nights i can't work and they said okay and then i took a job per diem and just trusted i would get enough hours and enough money um... and i did i always did until i got enough seniority until i could get the job that um... that i work at now in the emergency department at a large hospital in boston and then I was being late for my A Wall, which is a study of the twelve steps, and I was being late for it every um I had finished one and started another and and um I was being late for it and so somebody said, Well talk to your boss. I'm like, I'm not talking to my boss. She said, you know, no set schedules, no off Mondays or Fridays, like, no, no, no. And they're like, What do you have to lose? Meanwhile, I'm an addict and I'm going, Oh my gosh, I have to change jobs, I have to change careers, I have to change my life. Like so I went to my boss and I said I have a meeting. I'm a 12 step program and I have a meeting that's important every Monday night. And she said, well, why don't you just work till four o'clock on Mondays? <laughs> oh, okay. That was easy. That's what I was told. You know, that's why I make phone calls. I'm ready to reach, change everything except not FA, thankfully. Um, in this program, I became debt free. I, you know, I'm just want more of everything, but I became debt free in this program. I, um, learned how to, eat in this program i learned how to cook in this program i didn't know how to do that i learned how to date in this program the first time i made a phone call once and she said oh i'm going on a date tonight and we're going out to eat i'm like oh my god how do you do that like that just sounded like climbing a mountain like you know and i learned i learned how to date i learned how to be in a relationship with my family too my my um Siblings, We all got together. About six months I was in program, and I went down to Florida to celebrate with them, and I got into the house, and my brother was cooking, and he cooked something that I couldn't eat. Now, me, that was the original me, would have said, I don't eat two things, flour and sugar. Why can't you remember that? And you pulled my name at Christmas, and I didn't get a present. And when we were seven, this happened, and... I mean, just getting off the plane. That was me. And that is what flew through my head. But instead, what I said was, Mom, do you have another protein? And she said, Yes, I do. And then that's what I ate. And it was a much calmer weekend, as testified by my father at the end of the weekend. He said, um, Wow, I don't know what you're doing, but you no longer suck the life air out of a room anymore when you walk into it. <laughs> And while that hurt, it was so me. It was true. You know, the truth hurts, and you're ready to see it when you're ready to see it, but it hurt. And um, I um, went on a blind date in this program by somebody set up by me in this program, a fellow that I didn't really know, and I just said I was going to say yes to everything, even though it was a motorcycle ride, and I was terrified, and um, I'm now married to him. And you know, even when I was two hundred and twenty pounds, I'm like, I can't be in this program. I'm I you can't weddings, how would that even work? You know, and it worked just fine. And I hadn't dated for years when I came into this program. I had such fear over being in a relationship, but I'm lucky enough to have a man that knows how to he knows how to be kind to people and how to say sorry at the end of a day and he looks at his day and I'm like, How do you know that without going to three meetings? Like I don't somebody telling you what to do. I didn't know. But, you know, he's a very kind and wonderful man, and we have, you know, um, you know, a very nice life. And I, I just recently um, graduated college, and uh, I'd been a registered nurse, but now I'm a Bachelor of Science nurse. And I went back to college, and I did it one day at a time. And it took me six years, but I was in no huge hurry, um, you know. I just did it one class at a time and that's all and I accomplished it and that was a huge huge accomplishment for me. It was always on my list of things to do was get a finish my college education. But now I don't know that I'm finished. I may just keep going. When um when fear knocks, I try to let faith open the door. That's what I learned because you know, I gave this I gave a talk at my pinning ceremony which was an honor and I was scared. Just like today I was scared, but I'm like don't what i don't need to eat over anything my father was very very sick a couple times in the past five years and he told me to hurry up and get married he wasn't gonna live till the next summer and i did and now my husband says that was a red herring and he just wanted to get me out of there but um <sighs> You know, but he, I I remember looking at the vending machine when he was having this life-threatening surgery, you know, for possible cancer and thinking, how do people not go in there? How do you sit here? Like, I had a phone and I waited till that lunch, 12 o'clock, and then I made myself wait a little bit more because I don't want food to rule me. I want to run my life with a power greater than myself. And what I learned after all those things of self-help and, you know, always trying to be successful and I got off all medications and I haven't had any surgeries on my knees and, you know, I'm very healthy now, I learned that I kept trying to, if I love myself, I would put down the food. And what I found out was the exact opposite. If I put down the food, I would love myself. So oftentimes I'm just like George Costanza and I, when he does it in that Seinfeld war. I just do the opposite of everything I want to do like reading the big book at night I'd be hunkered down in bed at the beginning and think did I do everything and I go through the checklist in my head and I think I didn't read the big book like well you have to read the big book but I don't want to read the big book I'm already all in bed the lights are off I'm all cozy but you know what everybody says those people in that room say if you do your tools every day you will not eat so I just did the opposite of what I wanted to do I'm like how's how's your life going for you Not very well. Just sit up, and I'd begrudgingly sit up, turn on the light, read two pages of the big book, and then go back to bed. But I would feel better about myself. After the first week in program, I had a glimmer of hope. You know, I had a glimmer of hope. I wasn't as puffy, and I had just a slight, like, there's hope out there. And I found out, I always said, I'm going to stay for uh, 90 days, and then I'm leaving. And then I'm going to stay for 1A wall, and then I'm leaving. And then... I'm never leaving, you know, and I found that the secret is to stay. The secret is to stay, and for me right now, the secret is to stay in Massachusetts. It doesn't mean that I don't travel and I don't, you know, I've gone on cruises, I've gone, you know, um, different trips. Um, I just went to Rochester, New York the other weekend and um, qualified. It's great to be with other food addicts. You know, it really is. It really is um, a life second to none. I remember... Um, Years ago, my brother called me and I was at this convention and he said, "Uh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just in a hotel with 400 other food addicts. And he said, wow. He said, I don't know what you do or how you do it. And he always thinks it's willpower or something. He said, but I would never have called you to say hello before. You know, now I'm just calling you to talk. But now that you're in this program, you know, I call you and that's true. It's a gift that my sister and I used to be oil and water, and now we're more of a salad dressing. It's just like, you know, I'm just really, um, I'm not, I just want to be humble. You know, I pray every day to be patient, loving, tolerant, and kind, and I've added compassionate. And I also pray to be honest, open, and willing. Because those are the things, and I just wanted to, to, for today to stay in this program um, and really work this, um, really work this recovery daily to the best of my ability. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about food addicts and recovery anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.